Dynasty Podcast presents Dynasty Panelcasts, a live panel discussion with industry experts and innovative creatives. Hosted by Haima Black. No RSVP required. All right, Dynasty Podcasts, live from Dynasty HQ. Haima Black here. I'm the host of Dynasty Podcasts. We are the first ever and longest running music podcast in the city of Chicago's history. On Wednesday nights, we host what we call Panelcasts, Dynasty Panelcasts. Pretty self explanatory. It's a panel podcast, and we have generally done these around the city with larger panels, but as wonderful as those are, they're also such a large operation, and I love producing those where we have four or five great speakers, but at the same time, I wanted to be able to tackle a number of topics and really start with like maybe two or three speakers for some of these summer panels and have it be something where I don't have to rely on so many moving parts. So Kicking off this summer series of Dynasty Panelcasts, um, we have a really great lineup here tonight. I'm very excited. We have Abhijit Rain from Kramer PR, among other uh, accomplishments, which we'll talk about, and Sierra McKissick, who runs the AMFM gallery space here in Pilsen. How are both of you doing? Yeah, we're doing well. Thank you so much for having us here. Thank you both for coming up. Yeah, thank you for having me, too. I'm doing so good. It's finally summer. I yeah. I wear shorts again. Yes. Yeah. It's thriving season. Yeah, it is. Like, I feel the glow, most definitely. <laughs> and Sierra, you've been on Dynasty Podcast before. We spoke to you, I think, about a year ago. Yeah. Um, and we got to really delve into the story of AMFM. Penny only comes up when the pod- podcast is actually happening. Hey, that's how cats are, man. Let's most get you down. <laughs> All right. There we go. Oh, <laughs> she's like right by the camera. Okay. <laughs> The joy of live streaming. Okay. Unnatural. She's a, yeah, she's like, this is my show now. <laughs> anyway, so uh, tonight's discussion, because these panels always kind of have a theme. You know, when we do these Sunday night interviews, it's more of just a getting to know you. But on Wednesday nights, we do these panels, and they have a theme. Tonight, we were talking about curating Chicago's creative communities. I'm always a big fan, and we can have a lot of alliteration of yes. themes. That's the it. best. As a writer, yeah. I appreciate that for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. So tonight, we're really just talking with the two of you about the work you are doing as artists, as curators, as event producers, as content producers, just, you know, as individuals in the city who are shaping, you know, the kind of programming that, you know, is, is happening in Chicago so let's talk, let's just start with each of you talking about your roles in curating the communities here in Chicago. You know, how would people know your work and, and what each of you do? Oh, do you want me to start? <laughs> yeah, <sure. laughs> so uh, I work at Kramer PR and Events, um, which is a music and nightlife-focused PR and event management company. And um, through that, I've got to work with a lot of, like, really amazing artists, really basic LGBTQ artists specifically, which mm-hmm. has been really awesome as someone that identifies as queer myself. And um, I also curate every Thursday night at Berlin Nightclub with mm-hmm. Stardust, which is a nightlife collective. With and it's, it's a long-running... It's we're gonna hit ten years in, um, in October. No, in... Yeah, in... November, sorry. That's incredible. And, yeah, and I've been working there for about like just over like a year and a half or so, like almost two years, and it's been wild. I've like helped put together so many events, met so many amazing people, and just making it through one event at a time. Yeah, which is in and of itself an accomplishment. <laughs> and and we should note, and I think you you touched on this briefly. You're working with, uh, of course, Scott Kramer is the Kramer PR. Um, and Scott Kramer, some people know who he is, some people might not be familiar with his name, but he's involved in everything. 
he runs do 312 and he is just kind of like this dynamic really I don't know he's he's so dynamic like that's the word I always go back to and he's not somebody who like hogs all the credit He's the most behind-the-scenes person I've ever met. He is. He's so behind-the-scenes. I've invited him on the podcast a number of times. He's always very politely like, oh, talk to this person. Redirects to someone else. Right, which I'm happy to do. You know, like, that's how we, you and I got linked, and I'm happy to have you here, but it's so interesting because I've always wanted to, like, have Scott tell his story, too, and it's a little bit hard to pin him down because he's just not that in-front-of-the-camera guy. So, Osman and Sierra, talk about your role. Yeah, so I'm the founder of AMFM. Uh, it's a brand for artists, creatives, emerging artists, essentially, to give them a platform to showcase their work. Uh, throughout the city, on our website, we also do pop-up events, uh, not only in our space, but around the city as well, where we're working with many different artists, many different kinds of media, and trying to bring the community together and create access for folks and artists and spaces that are safe and welcoming and have good vibes. Uh, we opened up the gallery. It's been about a year and almost a year and a half now. Wow. And a lot. I remember saying when I came here, it was just after I had opened, maybe a couple weeks or so. Right. And so much has happened in the time frame since we've opened. It kind of really catapulted the brand to a whole nother level. So I've been in Chicago for four years now, and AMFM was actually like a senior project in college. So speaking of 10 years, I will be doing it for 10 years next year. Because wow. uh, I started it in 09. Yeah, and I also quit my day job in the meantime, and I've been doing AMFM <clears throat> full time. I think my anniversary is May 19th, so wow. that's coming up. It's just been really great, like a lot of really great feedback and we've had some really awesome people come through the doors of our galleries and before I was listening to the podcast actually on New Year's and um, was talking about how I really wanted to build a team Mm -hmm. and I looked around the room and was surrounded by my team. Oh my gosh, that's so so cool. Yeah, it was just like a really great kind of like circular moment for that. That's Um, so positive. Yeah, (laughs) definitely. So the two of you are producing events, like I said, and you are not just putting events together, which in and of itself is an accomplishment, but you're really bringing together communities. You are bringing together a lot of creative artists and a lot of hyper-local artists here in Chicago, and that is, again, in and of itself, just kind of a remarkable uh, accomplishment. It's a lot of work. Like, how much work goes into what each of you is doing? Because I think people think, oh my gosh, you throw parties for a living. How fun. (laughs) That must be so easy. What actually goes into that? Yeah, I would say that it's definitely like a lifestyle. I think of like when I wake up to when I go to sleep, I'm always working because so much of my work is ingrained in my life and the people that I'm surrounded by and the work that I'm doing on a daily basis. And even you know, going to other events and supporting other events is a part of the job as well, too, to of discover course. new talent and can see like support people as well, too, um, so that I'm able to you know, help lift them up in the best way possible and listen to ideas and bring them to fruition and things. Um, so, yeah, I definitely think there's a lot more uh, that goes into it than just throwing a party. I mean, people, a lot of people nowadays are trying to throw events and stuff like that, but I really do think that there's a true art and curation um, yes. because that's how you're able to bring so many different communities together. And with the span of my work with AMFM all over the city, and, you know, we work with larger institutions and organizations as well as the local community that we work with. Um, but trying to bring together all of those things, it's definitely like... Bridge the underground and the establishment. Yeah, definitely. Like the the main basis of my work is to bridge that gap between like DIY space and institution and creating access into those places. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, Yeah, I also totally think that I never stop working. 
I like to say that I have like my day job hours, like from nine to five, and then I have my drag queen hours from five to nine. <laughs> you got the clear delineation. Because it's like I feel like all my friends who do drag only wake up after five p.m. and will only respond to my messages at night. So that's a lifestyle. Yeah. So it's like I'm constantly working and surrounded by uh, like a million text messages and like yeah, ten million Facebook messages. The texts and the emails, all that jazz. Is yeah. it a lot of like, can you get me in? Oh, that happens every Thursday. <laughs> I like to turn my uh, phone onto airplane mode and just like put it away. I'm like, I don't respond to messages from like yeah. seven to ten. I'm never responding to messages when I'm having an event because I'm doing so much running mm-hmm. around and stuff like that. People know me for that. Um, but yeah, I think it's it's not only like, can you get me in? But I'll like do bills and like curate it, and people mm-hmm. be like, hey, can I jump on the bill? Sure, <laughs> like, sure, it's sure. already built yeah. out and stuff. Or Sierra, like a lot of people really want to come to me and just talk to me about their ideas. They're like, hey, like I'm working on something, and I just want to like you know run this past you and like see what you think and stuff like that. So you know, sometimes I'm just you know chopping it up with people just to converse and bounce ideas. Yeah. yeah, and I really want to say, like, I don't think it's, like, a bad thing that I'm working all the time. I love working all the time. I think that's, like, one of the great parts of being, like, a curator and doing events and working in nightlife is that I get to constantly be working, and I think that's, like, really self-motivating for me. I think there's certain personalities, and I think it sounds like all of us in this room, I'm like this, our producer, Natalie, I know uh, she is, you know, she hustles. Like, yeah. there's a certain personality that thrives off the work. It sounds like we all have that yeah. Yeah. in common. Yeah, you'd have you know. to be a little bit crazy to do work like this, I'd say. <laughs> uh, for sure. Now, you know, we were talking just about how, you know, a lot of people produce events, and that's great, but what both of you have done in your own respective work is really create very, I think, distinct identities and voices. Like, you know, an AMFM event has a certain feel to it. It has a certain identity. So... How do each of you develop that voice and identity and that certain kind of tone for your work versus just like, I don't know, it's just another party? Yeah, I think that I always try to plan things with intention or with a purpose. Um, When I'm placed with an idea or or an activation or something that I have to do, I'm really thinking about the people that I want to be involved and like walk that journey and people who do work that's meaningful and stuff like that. So I had someone come to me who wanted to throw just a drinking party and I was like, that's not the type of work that I do. I like to have it be tied to something or like you said, have that signature good feeling. You're not going to go to an AMFM party and just drink. There's it's not the AMFM kegger. If we did, we had We'll have music performances. We'll have some sort of art involved. We'll have sure. some sort of like creativity or interaction that you know forces people to interact with pieces or work or interact with one another because that's where the real change and like movement happens. And I think that's what makes us successful. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and one of the things in working with Stardust that I've come to really appreciate about events is um, working in collaboration with people. Mm-hmm. I think that's the way that I've like seen a community grow and thrive and just like challenge each other to do better. I'm part of like so many different small collectives that are either like monthly events or like bi-monthly events or just stuff that's just like happening. But we come together because we all share a common idea. Mm-hmm. And rather than forcing it into a format of this needs to happen like a certain times a year or a certain times a month, it happens whenever we all come together on that same idea again. And I think that's a really nice way to like do events rather than like trying to like force it into some kind of like regiment. 
Yeah. No, absolutely. And I'm yeah. glad you brought up collaboration. I'm, I'm a little embarrassed. I didn't even think to include that in my notes. I always have like some, some basic notes going into a discussion because I don't want to see them and be like, I don't know. How are you guys doing? But, like, <laughs> but collaboration is so important. And I think that, you know, there, there are sometimes in a scene, in a community, there's a sense of like, no, 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 I'm the one doing this. So how do you foster that sense of community and connectivity and collaboration when sometimes there's a lot of ego in the room? I think that collaboration has been one of the biggest key components of like the work that I do because it's about bridging gaps between different communities and um, ultimately, you know, getting to know different people that I don't know. There's so many different scenes in Chicago. Yes. Like, and the gallery space really has kind of become this hub. Like, I don't do a lot of AMF and Presents events at this space. Most of our events are done off-site, but mm -hmm. we're bringing in so many different communities and different people into the space and different curators are bringing their audiences and things. And what's been interesting is watching how people have been melding together. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's been really beautiful. And it's because people are kind of crossing over these gaps and trying to work with one or hold each other accountable and make something bigger um, on a grassroots level mm -hmm. when you're working with other people. You have a shared vision, but also there's other ideas that someone else can bring to the table and different communities and voices that can be heard when you do things like that. Yeah, absolutely. Totally. And I saw the way I got into events was I started as a drag queen mm -hmm. and um, I think that really taught me like how collaboration works because obviously I only have like a certain amount of skills and mine at the time where I could make videos, I could perform and I could do makeup. But I didn't know how to do hair, I didn't know how to like make my own outfits, I didn't know how to like DJ or like get like lighting sorted for an event. So I, I had to constantly work with other people to put together something I had in mind that slowly evolved into like just like Oh, you're a really cool DJ. I like the way you do stuff. Do you want to like come on and like work on this other project? Or then right. we both like really start to vibe to one song. We're like, oh, what if we do like an entire party based <laughs> on those like two lyrics that we both heard? Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And no, and I love that idea. I love the the concept of like, look, here's what I'm good at, and here's what I'm not good at. So instead of forcing the issue and pretending I'm good at this thing, I'm not good at. Let's find the people who plug into that. Yeah. You know, my best collaborative projects and relationships have been with people where like, okay, I'm good at these three things. You're good at these three other things. So guess what? I'll do this and do that. <laughs> yeah. and it's just a no-brainer. And now so we yeah. have six good things. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And then everything <laughs> yeah. is much better. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, you know, we've been talking a lot about the fact that the two of you work with a lot of talent, especially here in Chicago. How do you find people to work with or how do you find organizations to work with? Are you looking for a certain type of collaborative partner? Like how do you choose who you work with? I would say, like I said before, like I've been, since I came to Chicago, I've always, and it even ingrained in my own sense of self, like I've always been particularly interested in different scenes and what's happening culturally in a city. So I'm always going to different art events or music events, open mics or stuff around the city to get out of my comfort zone, get to see some new stuff and be able to really like kind of carry that with me back to my work and stuff like that. And that's not just in Chicago, too, because on the website and on more of our work, we feature artists from all over the globe and stuff like that, too. So, you know, I'm listening to SoundCloud almost every day, trying to discover new music or, like, playing something, being like, yeah, this person has 58 followers and they're from Hattiesburg, Mississippi, but I think that they're amazing. But there's something there. Yeah, yeah. there's something there. So always really trying to seek out that, that raw talent and just support the scene 
in the city. And when I go to another city, I look for those pockets in those cities that are in Chicago or in elsewhere. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, I also found that like something like Instagram has been such an amazing platform for me to mm-hmm. find new artists and mm-hmm. like more like talented people. I wish I could like actually summarize how many hours I spend on Instagram <laughs> a day, but it's really embarrassing. Um, but I think it's it's one of those places where I've found almost everyone that I've collaborated with like right now I found through Instagram and just like looking at like photos that my friends are tagged and seeing who was like in their tagged photos and just eventually like, sure oh you like, can go down a rabbit hole yeah you yeah. end up in this like literally like an actual rabbit hole like oh wow this person makes really cool things and I end up following them they follow you back and you just like start talking and you like find new people like that I also think that when picking new people to work with, something that I tend to notice a lot is um, people that are kind of challenging spaces around them, mm-hmm. um, either through like the, the like their body language, the kind of like art they're bringing into a space, um, and also like people that hustle. Like I love seeing people who are like not like struggling or fighting because I don't want to equate it to that, but who are always like working on something sure. and uh, putting like putting the first step forward into like making something happen it's always nice to see that initiative and um, the reason why I like this is because it takes a little bit of the load off of me into putting together something if I know I'm working with someone who is going to actively take part in it yo yeah who's going to pull their own weight yeah. yeah it sounds like you're looking for like the hustlers and underdogs who <laughs> yeah. prove themselves yeah. yeah yeah absolutely the people who are hungry for it they're going to show up and do the work yeah mm-hmm. those are the ones that need the platforms the most yeah. I, I think so. And I definitely do prioritize like working with, you know, women and people of color and queer folks and totally, stuff like that, yeah. trying to bring them to the forefront and stuff like that as well. Well, and that was going to be one of my questions. It's like, talk about the role of making sure that you are supporting and showcasing diverse voices and, and maybe creators who might not have as large of a platform otherwise. Like, you know, how do you approach that and, and how does that play into the spirit of what each of you is doing? I definitely think about that with every show that I curate, like trying to make sure that, you know, it's racially diverse, that we have some queer folks or women involved, like even the Mm -hmm. producer series that we're doing this week, I was like, ah, I have to make sure that I have a woman on the bill. And I did like this Twitter thing where I was like, where are the women producers at, you know? There's there's not very many of them in Chicago. And I I did a producer's panel in December, Yeah, you know, and it was the same thing. I mean, we we found a really strong lineup, but for a second I was like, I don't, I want to make sure we're being kind of all inclusive here. Yeah, but yeah. I think they're definitely out there, but I think that, you know, the limelight is, isn't necessarily on them, or you really have to seek it out, or they don't even recognize it in themselves to say that that's what they do, be, you know, because you're marginalized as well, and often seen as less than, but I think that if you put yourself out there, and you make consistently good work, and you have that hustle mentality, I think that that could, you know, grant you a long way to the to the prize most definitely when you are able to get that platform and all the hard work will truly shine over time for sure yeah Yeah. and it's i also think that it's not even that i'm you know like actively trying to like include certain types of people on a bill it just happens that some of the most talented people i know are like women non-binary people people of color and just like queer people in general like some of the most like amazing talent i've seen has come from those people so without even a second thought i like look at a lineup like wow this is like so diverse just and without even needing to like try but also I think it's really important to like actively put in an effort to make sure that a lineup or a group of people that you're working with is diverse absolutely especially in a city like Chicago where there are so many 
I, I just feel like in general for everybody, regardless of age, regardless of orientation, so many, so many factors that maybe previously were um, deterrents, it just feels like in general the barrier to entry to being a creator has lowered mm-hmm. because we all have smartphones, we all have laptops. I say this a lot on this podcast, but it's like, you know, I'm old enough to remember when we didn't have tools like this. You didn't have a recording studio in your pocket. You didn't have all the world's information on Wikipedia or a, like, high-quality camera in your pocket. So now, if you're some 13-year-old kid in the middle of nowhere and you're like, I want to be a YouTube creator, you can you do can, that, yeah. Yeah. which is amazing. Yeah. I just, I love that. Yeah, I think, like, the internet and um, the advancements in technology have, like, really broken down, like, a lot of gatekeeping and borders that used to happen 100%. for, like, any creative community. Like, it's completely shattered them. And I, I've, like, noticed a lot of, like, established art communities are kind of fighting that back where they don't consider a lot of things real art or don't consider a lot of things real artists because it didn't go through, like, a system of processes and, like... Sure, it doesn't have that, yeah. like, big brand cosign or... Yeah, yeah. in some ways, like, I feel, like, the more popular someone is on social media, the less seriously, like, art communities take them, which is so silly to me. Yeah, it, it's such a weird, like, there's, there's such a thing of, like, being too underground and then, like, <laughs> the brands don't take you seriously and then, like, you come up and then suddenly everyone's like... Fuck that guy. You know, like, it's, it's such a weird, like, like there's no good middle ground. Um, yeah. People just want you endorsed by a big brand and also starving. Yeah. You know? Yeah, at the same time. Yeah, exactly. Now, uh, you know, we've been talking about Chicago. So, like, you know, both of you are creating here in Chicago. What sets the city apart? What makes, you know, producing events and working with talent different in Chicago versus in L.A., in New York, any other city? I think what... Uh, was saying uh, was really important about how you're just surrounded by so much talent and you don't really have to think twice about it. I think the city is just brimming with so much so many people who are doing amazing work right now and I look at my friends and I look at people that I look up to and they're also just regular people who are still working and like thriving in their communities as well even though they may have gotten bigger you look at someone like Jamila Woods who is still very active in her community and doing the groundwork and stuff but I think that being surrounded by people like that or people like you guys that you're able to have conversations with one another and really kind of community build the city up together. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that that's something that's super positive. People say that they leave Chicago, but they miss that kind of community and the artist thriving scene that's here. Yeah, and I mean, I've never lived anywhere else but Chicago. I mean, I'm just a lifelong Chicagoan through and through, but I always just feel like, I don't know, I just believe that there's not this level of connectivity and community mm-hmm. and collaboration in yeah. other larger cities. Yeah, it's definitely a city of hustlers, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I agree with that. I feel in Chicago where... Like, yes, there is a competition of, like, trying to, like, you know, reach a certain level, achieve more than other people. But there's there's such a strong sense of rising up together. Mm-hmm. That's really awesome to see because I feel like, especially, like, in the queer nightlife community, you see, like, a lot of, like, drag performers and stuff lifting each other up, supporting each other because the more spotlights there on us, like, all of us get up. Like, we all Absolutely. shine off of it. Yeah, yeah, no, like a rising, what is it? So I worked with this DJ for 13 years during my time in radio, and he would always say something, because radio stations, like, just my, like, 20-second tangent from my backstory, radio stations would always be, like, competing with each other for mm-hmm. similar markets. And I worked on a Chicago music show, and there were other Chicago music shows on other radio stations, and the DJ I worked with, Chris Payne, he was always so supportive 
of the other DJs who are hosting a similar type of program because mm -hmm. he's like, no, that's great that they're also so showcasing Chicago music. It's not a competition between our shows. And he would say, uh, what, what was it, like a rising tide lifts all ships or something yeah. like that. You know, yeah. just that idea of like, if you're doing, if AMFM's doing well, that's good for Chicago and that's yeah. good for everybody. Yeah. It's not like, what? No, I'm the closest thing. <laughs> you know, like, it's yeah. not that thing. Yeah, I think that competition also can be healthy and good because, totally. yeah. like, seeing and being surrounded by so many people doing amazing work, it makes me want to work even harder mm -hmm. and my work that much better, too. But yeah, it's that healthy level yeah. of, like, oh man, I don't want to be like, I mean, I think that's where we're at in Chicago where everybody's activating on such a great level whether it's like Saba releasing something or just, yeah. I mean, every week there's something where you're like, oh my God, Chicago's doing it. <laughs> yeah. And at least for me, there's that sense of not like, what the hell, man, but also like more so, oh my God, everybody's killing it. I got to make sure I'm not the one who's not <laughs> yeah. doing my part, yeah. who's not like carrying my weight. Yeah. Um, you know, so let's flip the script then for Chicago. Like what needs to happen here? In what ways is, could it be more supportive to artists? What's lacking here? What, what would you love to see happen to support the art community? Hmm. I wish there was like more support from like um, organizations and people that have money. I think what ends <laughs> up happening in Chicago is that we're not New York and we're not LA and a lot of like people that can invest in our talent and art don't see us as a viable market. A hundred percent, yeah. It's, it's really disappointing. And that's why so many people end up moving because right. like, and I get it, like, you know, like, yes, you want to stay loyal to the city that you like, that got you where you are, but at the end of the day, you you want to like, you want to, you need more. Sure, you want to be able to make your car payment. I mean, yeah. and a hundred percent, I agree. I've definitely talked to a lot of creatives who have left the city and they love Chicago, but then they're like, oh my gosh, there's so many like apps that'll sponsor me. There's so many like you know this tequila company, this you know soft drink company. They're always doing events, and some of them like go to bat. Some of the some of the people I've talked to, they'll be like, they'll talk to these brands of like, hey, can we do this in Chicago? And they're like. No, we're doing it in L.A. Why would we do it in Chicago? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's hard to, like, pull that L.A. or New York money over here. So yeah. I agree completely. It, it is underfunded here. Yeah, I think trying to get that national exposure so you can kind of get over the hump. So I feel like Chicago is definitely on the cusp of something, and it's, like, mm -hmm. teetering, and it just needs that, just that actual little, kick, most right. definitely. Yeah. I think the community also needs some healing. There's been a lot of... Um, stuff that's been ingrained in the city mm. um, systematically, but also like within. I think that sometimes people like we're talking about competition and stuff, but mm. you know, making sure that we're still supporting one another and that we don't let issues get in the way with that. This call-up culture is like really big right now and stuff mm -hmm. too, but I think that if people actually talk to one another, then we could truly come together instead of just saying that we are and really try to move forward. And I think that would help by having more like intergenerational kind of interactions within the work too. I think that often older people can get left out of the conversation True, and I yeah. think they're like a pivotal part of learning about the past so that we can, you know, take a step in the present and make sure that the future is good. I think, man, that's such a good point. I never even thought about that. But you're right. I think that, I think it kind of goes both ways where some younger people will think, well, what the hell does somebody over 40 know? And then there are some people over 40 who are like, well, what the hell does some 19-year-old know? Yeah. But, man, the answer is on both ends, a whole fucking bunch. Yeah. Like, yeah. if there was more, and I don't know what the solution for that is, but, man, that's such a good point, Sierra, where, like, if there was more connectivity between the generations that have come before who have already done this and then the newer generations who maybe don't have as much experience but they have a lot of new ideas and they mm -hmm. have access to a lot of new technology and digital platforms and conversation that the older generation doesn't have. 
And instead of either side looking at the other being like, what, how washed? You don't even know what you're talking about. Yeah. Like, there should be that level of collect of collaboration. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I find, like, I have people that are definitely mentors to me, and I think that that's really valuable information, and I take all that in and, like, take it to my work. Whether I, I like, am able to directly sure. bring it to the work or not, like, I think it's important to hear about where things came from mm-hmm. and some tips so that the work doesn't have to be as hard. Yeah, I mean, Chicago, what I love about Chicago is that there have been creative movements happening in this city for, for just forever. For decades and yeah. decades and decades. Yeah. There's always been creative movements happening here, especially in music, you know, in television now, in film, um, in fashion. Fashion's really developing in Chicago, and on and on and on. Like, even going to, like, the hospitality industry, even going to, like, the brewery industry, everything's developing here, but... You know, the, I've done a number. I've done about eight hundred some of these podcasts, and the best podcast I ever did was with Joe Shanahan. He's the owner of the Metro, so he's older than mm-hmm. I am, and he's somebody who I looked up to as a kid, and I still look up to. But I interned at the Metro when I was at the end of my high school career, and I really looked up to Joe uh, because the Metro is a legendary concert venue. And the best podcast ever that I've done was sitting down with him and been like. What was it like? What was it like opening a club in 1982? What were the struggles back then? How has it changed? Like, getting that perspective from somebody more experienced than me was really so Mm eye-opening. At the same time, there's also something really cool about when I talk to someone who's 19, and I'm like, what's it like, man? I'm 35. How was that? So, yeah, I think that's a great point. Yeah. Yeah, and I think what's really awesome about, like, the history of, Chicago events, Chicago music, Chicago fashion, Chicago mm-hmm. art, is that so much of it is based on, like, activism. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that's, like, really awesome. Uh, I, I know, like, when I first moved here, I'm, like, a big history nerd, so, like, I, like, tried to research, like, everything that I could before, like... Sure. I came in here, and, like, one of my first uh, internships, like, while I was in school was, like, doing, like, the 10-year um, history of Chances Dances, and then just, like, researching stuff like wow, that. Wow, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I learned so much about, like, the city's, like, nightlife, art, and, like, event mm-hmm. scene, and it was, like, so eye-opening to see how much of, like, our past is based on activism, and it's important to move forward with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and how much of the national conversation around nightlife and how much of the movements of nightlife have come from Chicago? Yeah. Whether it's house music, whether mm. it's industrial music and everything after that, whether it's footwork, like, there's just so much that is stemmed from Chicago. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, uh, we're kind of coming to the end here. Like, what are each of you excited about in the city right now? What's got you excited? We're on the edge of summer, like, it could be an event, an artist, a movement, but what's, what's on your radar that's really cool right now? Hmm. I would say I'm pretty excited for some of the projects we have coming up for the summertime. We were talking about collaboration and stuff. I'm working on like a large-scale activation, like festival of sorts with other collaborators in the city, and we're doing it specifically for emerging artists and trying to do it on the scale of like uh, like a small like North Coast or something sure, like sure. that. Nice, so, yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm super excited about that. And you know, I just got invitation to Matt Muse's new project that's coming out. Nice. Yeah, I've been listening to Saba nonstop. It's sure, really, Saba's really man, good. this is his year. <laughs> yeah, most yeah. definitely. So, I'm excited about that. And just like the the community and like how the city comes alive in the summertime. There's yes. going to be too much going on to pick <laughs> what to do. And I'm trying to rest up now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is just kind of our final days before everything goes crazy. Yeah. And we're about to enter Pride season, so like I'm already pulled in like 30 different directions <laughs> right sure. now. Um, like with, with Kramer PR, we're working on a bunch of like 
are some of our annual events. Some of we're having like two or three completely new events that mm-hmm. we're gonna like take over the entire city. It's gonna be really awesome. Um, and I think one of the things that I'm mo- like, so we we're doing like big gay brunch, which is like the pride kickoff. Hey. That it's sounds gonna so be fun. Like, <laughs> it's gonna be like daytime dragon pizza. We're doing a drag queen climb off for charity. Like we're rock climbing in drag to raise money for. That's amazing. Um, That's yeah, awesome. it's we're doing some like really cool events, and we have like some even newer events planned. Um, but I think, but I think the thing that I'm most excited for for the summer is um, one of my friends, Petty Crocker. Her DJ name is the Ooh. wife of Rat. Um, is like s- coming up so fast and so good in the DJ scene right now, and I can't wait for her to like take over every event and just like kill it. Yeah, that shout out for her. That's exciting. Yeah, yeah. right on. Um, kind of bringing it to a close here. If if someone wants to work with either of you, an event, an organization, an individual, maybe somebody who's brand new and at the start of their creative journey, and they see what each of you is doing, like. How can they reach out? How can someone get in touch with you? Yeah, for sure. Uh, reach out to us on social media. Um, slide in the DMs or whatever. It's uh, AMFMLIFE, life. And uh, our email is amfmevents at gmail.com if you're trying to throw a show or work with us in any capacity. And with summer coming up, we're going to be looking for another round of interns uh, sure. on the event side and the auditorial side because we're relaunching our site. So holla at me. Yeah, and if you want to get in touch with me, I like I said, I spend a lot of time on Instagram, so feel free to hit me up on there. My Instagram is bon underscore abhijit, like bon appetit, but, uh-huh. but my name. I love it. <laughs> I love it, man. I love those name puns. My, my name is Haima. My favorite movie, one of my favorite movies is High Fidelity, and I made my company name High Fidelity. <laughs> but like when I talk to the bank, they're like, are we looking up? Jay Fidel and I'm like sure whatever man you know like no one gets the pun I like it it's a yeah yeah exactly I love that kind of like name pun thing. yeah yeah um, awesome and this has been great I really appreciate both of you coming up on a Wednesday night in this studio space that doesn't yet have air conditioning God bless both of you um, Abhijit Rain and uh, Sierra McKissick both of you doing really amazing work in the city, and I appreciate you so much taking the time to come and talk to me on the podcast tonight, man. Thank you guys so much. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you. Absolutely. You've been listening to a production of Dynasty Podcasts. Find more Dynasty Podcasts at DynastyPodcast.com. For the dynamic dynasty, Dynasty Descend.